Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and others. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel. You can find us there as well as tons of other content, lots of Dolphins content with the Dolphins now 1-0. and o. So check that out. Hit the, hit the like and subscribe buttons and you'll get everything. Also, FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that one out. You get the latest takeaways from Louis Sung, Brady Hawk. And others. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Our official fantasy sponsor is Prize Picks. Use the code five F I V E. You get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. We've just named the number one fastest growing sports product in the country. It's been our fantasy sponsor now for the last couple of years. Find out why so many people are, are downloading the app. You can do it on the Google Play Store, on the Apple App Store, or just go to prizepicks.com. But make sure you use the code five F I V E. You get your initial deposit matched up to $100. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. Day off for Greg, Brady, and Alex. Maintenance day. It's the off season. They shouldn't need one of those. We got our guy, Timothy Bain. You can find him with Timmy with a whole bunch of A's on Twitter. He's our Bahamian correspondent. He's also one of the hosts of the Bahama Rican Boys with Brian Fonseca. I didn't pronounce that quite correctly, but that's okay. Uh, Brian will let me off the hook, I think. Uh, check out Timothy's work, though, on our YouTube channel. And also, he's got a very vibrant Instagram page. Also, joining us for the second time, this is a repeat customer here, our guy, Kai Carlin. He covers the Philadelphia 76ers for Sixers Wire. Don't boo him all at once. Here's what we're doing, though. Um, we are doing previews of the Eastern Conference in the context of the Heat. Okay, so basically there are, in my view, nine competitive teams in the East right now. Uh, teams that you could say could challenge for a top four seed, potentially. The Heat are one of those teams. We're going to preview the other eight. And so we're going to start with Philadelphia. And we're going to start with five topics here. And, of course, my favorite subject, everybody knows how much I love talking about this guy, um, historically inept in the postseason, couldn't get by anybody last year. I remember I was talking to Kai before the playoff series last year and, and me making my feelings on James Harden well-known, but he's transformed, right? I mean, he's, has he given it up? He's given up strip clubs and fried food and all the rest of this, and, and he's he looks great, right, Kai? Like, what, what kind of James Harden are we expecting this year? Um, I don't know. Uh, as you mentioned, Ethan, you kind of alluded to it at least. The guy's been working out all off season. The guy has been he even threw allegedly threw a birthday cake off of the yacht. I'm I'm pretty sure everybody saw that video go viral on Twitter. It didn't even looked like a real cake to me. It looked like one of those cardboard cake things. But I mean, hey, they threw a cake off the yacht. Um, all I know is he's been working out really hard in the gym, and it kind of looks like he's it looks like he slimmed down a little bit. Um, I think he knows that this is kind of like maybe his last shot. Maybe he's got maybe this year, maybe next year. And then, you, you know, it's going to kind of be it because Ethan, you just alluded to it. There are so many teams in the Eastern conference that are so tough and they're so talented. So I think Harden maybe realizes that, uh, he's been working out all summer. I know he's been building chemistry and 
trying to build a bond with his Sixers teammates. So th- there's a couple different things that he's been able to do um, as far as expectations. He averaged 21, 10 and seven in 21 games with Philadelphia shot, but he shot poorly. He was really shot poorly from DEP. He didn't really shoot all that well from the floor. Um, I, I mean, I, I honestly think we'll see more of the same, just kind of, you know, he'll be, he'll give you all-star numbers, but not the superstar numbers he used to give. But it's one of those things where we're going to have to see. It's, it's so amazing how the conversation on Harden has gone from being the six-man Thunder to being the leading guy on the Rockets to, you know, the D'Antoni era when he stopped taking mid-range jumpers. And I used to be a big 2K Harden fan. Like, I used to, like, win every piece of them, you know? And uh, as Ethan and, and my co-host Brian talks about a lot, Harden completely disappears in the playoffs. And, you know, I used to be a defender for, like, two off-seasons and saying, like, you know, maybe... He gets so tired from not just the strip loss, but you know, like carrying the team for the full season. And we we know how the the, the referee, the refs like basically swallow the whistles in, in the postseason, maybe it's um, but it's such a, a drastic drop off that there has to be something more. And then last two years we've been saying maybe it's a condition issue, maybe he, he just runs out of the gas. And you know, and you you said a good guy, maybe this is the last two years he has to really like make a difference because. You said last year he only averaged only averaged twenty one points, right? And he's slowing down, and he's more of a point guard in in his role and passing. But what else? What else does he need? Like you, you're such a good, um, crafty, I guess, scorer. But he, his his numbers are getting much much worse. And maybe and, and I don't want to take Ethan's job and talk about the next topic, but maybe he needs to concede a bit to Maxie. Maybe he needs to understand that this is MB's team. You are the number two. Maybe you need to like figure out. And I, I like that he's trying to build his chemistry with these guys. Figure out how you as James Harden could make everyone else around you better. But Kai, if I if I jump in here as I throw this to you. Didn't he do too much of that? Like, I, I kind of, or, or did he do too much of that in the playoffs because he couldn't do the other stuff? That, that's my question. Because he wasn't trying to get by anybody. He wasn't. He, he was deferring consistently. He wasn't taking the number of shots that he took before. Seemed to be blaming everybody else for it. But, I mean, can, I guess that's the question. Can he get to the basket consistently, right? Without flopping and and that being his only option. Cause it seemed to me like that was it. And that's why he was deferring and basically becoming a point guard. Yeah. That's the million dollar question, Ethan. Um, like a lot of it was, I think you just alluded to it during the playoffs. He kind of was, he, he really was giving the ball to Maxi and just kind of getting out of the way a little bit. Like Maxi, Maxi gave the heat a lot of problems. Um, in the playoffs, except for game five, but everybody sucked for the Sixers in that game five. Um, but I, like, I feel like Maxi gave Philadelphia issues or Maxi gave Miami issues. I think it was just like Harden. I think he kind of realizes that he's not the same superstar player. He, he did just turn 33. So he's kind of at that age where he's going to begin to decline. And I feel like I'm not really sure if he can even get by guys anymore. That's the big question. Um, and that's something that he's going to have to prove when the season goes on. Obviously, we know the hamstring injury has been bothering him as well. Like maybe he's been able to use this entire offseason to uh, work out on his own, rest the hamstring a little bit. Um, he had a normal offseason, you know, obviously now that the NBA has gotten back to the regular calendar because, you know, obviously COVID threw everything out of whack. So I, I look at James Harden and um I think that he is still an all-star type of player. I think he's a guy who's a – he impacts the game in a lot of different areas. But, Ethan, yeah, I'm not really sure if he can 
get by guys anymore. And that's going to be the million dollar question when the Sixers do open up the season. Can he have his old burst back? All right. So let's transition. We're going to flip topics two and three because we've touched on this a little bit more already. So I want to go deeper on this here with Kai, which is Tyrese Maxey, because you're right. If, if Harden is going to defer, somebody else in the backcourt needs to step forward. This is another of those Kentucky guards that the heat probably should have drafted. Of course they drafted precious um, and Tyrese had a breakout season. There's no question. He's in that category with Jordan Poole, with with Tyler Hero and others. Um, and, and you can argue that Maxi performed better in the playoffs than Tyler did. Actually, you can you can certainly make an argument for that even before even before Tyler got hurt. But what is the upside there? Like if I was to say to you, you know, this season, Tyrese Maxi is a borderline all star. Would that surprise you? I think he makes the all star game. Like, like, like that's the thing. I have so much confidence in this kid's work ethic. Um, just you can always tell the guy has the most maniacal work ethic I've ever been around of somebody I've ever been around. Um, the guy just he wants to get better every single day. He, you know, uh, I think Doc Rivers even said in the offseason that he took the first vacation of his life this summer. I, I don't know if that was an exaggeration or if that's the real thing, but um, I mean. Tyrese, apparently he even texted, I think Spencer Rivers and was like, what do you do on vacation? And Spencer was like, you just, you relax. I don't know what to tell you. Just try and go chill out. So I, I think Max, he, all he wants to do is work. He wants to get better. He wants to improve. I think he's got a great mindset. Um, you know, it's going to be tough, obviously in the Eastern conference, you have so many good guards. Uh, so he's going to have to overcome a lot of these guys, but I mean, he shot 48% from three after the all-star break when James Harden joined this team. Uh, now he's not going to shoot 48% from deep over the course of an 82 game season. I'm not saying he will. What I'm saying is Maxi is he improves so much as a shooter that combined with his ability to get to the basket and combined with his ability to be able to draw fouls, get to the line, finish through contact. He, he averaged 17 and a half points per game this past year. He can get that up to roughly 22, 24 a night and also shoot somewhere around 40, 40% from deep. So, and I think that's something that could get you to an all-star game in the East. And especially with how the, the Sixers are, they, they have a defensive anchor in Embiid, but you are the house where Tucker, the defense is going to actually get better. You talk about deflections and blocks and Maxi can really get out in the open floor and can generate those points. So you could, you could blink and Maxi could have like a, a eight point quarter just if you really locked down. So even, I think you could put up the numbers, but I think that the, the guard, the guard crop is so deep in the East because like, you have Hawks who have two, like every just about every team has maybe two guards that could fight for the all-star team. So, but but again, like I say, if the if the Sixers make get a top two or three seed and Moxie is you know breaking out, then yeah, I could definitely see him an all-star team. Yeah, and I and I think again, when you look at the way that the team is constructed, he can play on or off the ball with Harden. Um, I think that's what but makes them so dynamic is because they are hard to guard in that sense. I, I just I wonder as we go forward in the season, as there's pressure on Harden to kind of reestablish himself as the guy, if he will continue to defer to Maxi the way he's deferred to Maxi and how that kind of builds as they as they go forward. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about Embiid and of course the uh, the one that got away for the Heat and how he's going to fit with Philadelphia. Before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. That's Therapist Preferred. Use the code Five RSN. That's the number Five RSN. Get 25% off the tincture, the sports cream, the gummies, and all of that stuff. Of course, it's legal. It's legal CBD. It's premium CBD. It helps you with recovery. It helps you with sleep. It's therapistpreferred.com. 
Use the code 5RSN. And for all your grooming products, go to manscaped.com. It's the same code. That's the number 5RSN. And yes, it's for the razors, the cologne, the deodorant. I have to say the ball deodorant. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code 5RSN. You get 20% off there. It's 20% off there, 25% off at therapistpreferred.com. I have to say this too. Your balls in your body will thank you. Also, they send you a bunch of free stuff when they sent you when you make the first order. So make sure that you go there. All right, let's get to this guy, uh, Joel Embiid, but in this context, Kai, because last year, uh, this team, a, a couple years ago, they played big. They played with, they tried Horford with Embiid, right? Now, last year, they played a lot of Tobias Harris at the four, but now they brought in P.J. Tucker. They haven't necessarily gotten bigger because P.J.'s not, I mean, he's wider than he is tall, right? Right. But we know what he provides, and Heat fans are kind of freaked out about it because they lost Jay Crowder a couple years ago, and they didn't replace him. It's kind of a similar circumstance where it came down to years. In this case, they didn't want to be hard-capped. And they didn't really think P.J. was going to leave. I can tell you, in talking to people with the Heat, they thought they still had him until almost the last minute. Even when the reports were out there, they just thought the pull was going to be on him to come to Miami. Let me ask you this question to start. Was it just money? Well, I mean, was it or, or was it really the relationship with Harden? My guess is probably the relationship with Harden. Um, like him, I know him and James are tight. Uh, I know ever since he officially signed with Philadelphia, those two have kind of been working out a lot. Uh, obviously, other than Harden, obviously going overseas and partying with Kevin Durant. Um, but I, I know him and PJ have kind of been attached to the hip a little bit. Uh, I think he Harden posted a couple of TikToks where he was working out with with PJ after the deal kind of became a fit official and everything with the Sixers. Um, and then ob- and obviously Daryl Morey played a part too. Like I know PJ and Daryl were were tight from their days in Houston. Um, so that that was another one that kind of played a part. So I I don't know if it was necessarily money. I just feel like, you know, PJ did has already won a title, uh, obviously with the Milwaukee Bucks in 21. Uh, he was close with the Heat. I mean, if that Jimmy Butler shot goes down in game seven against Boston, you know, then, then who knows? But um, I just I, I feel like PJ, you know, play with your one of your best friends, play with a guy in Maury who, you, you know, was very important, very influential in his career. I, I feel like that's what really kind of pulled him to Philadelphia more than anything. I know that he finds it to talk about when you talk about. I personally really loved with the Sixers the, the offseason. Like I think remember, nobody remembers the Anthony Melton because it happened in like such a weird trade for Danny Green on draft night, and then after that was the. Katie bomb and the Kyrie bomb and the go but go bear trip. But me like look at his numbers right now. He averaged 10, 4, and 5. Uh 73 games for the first time in his career. 37 percent from three. Like I, I my my best friend is a Sixers fan and he he his exact quote was you can no longer call it Sixers soft. You had a house, Melton, Tucker, and Harold. And hit him as a Sixers fan, he is like that they they added some toughness, some guys who who could throw an elbow, who like Melton really gets on your skin. We know about House. You know, we know what Harold is, you know, offensively. He might not be a defensive tough guy, but he is a offensive rebound offensive. Like, you will feel these guys in the court. Right. Now, I don't know if we necessarily call it Sixers soft because they play with a 7-2 monster in MB. But it's always good to add a type of toughness to your, to your team. So me personally, I just really like they didn't on defense. And with well, defense and offense for that bench. And I still think that it's going to be a really good uh, regular season team. I can't tell you what these guys are going to do in the off season, but I mean the postseason. Sorry, but for sure I like what that what, what all of those 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 guys bring to this team. 
mean, was that a goal this offseason, Kai? Because, I mean, they've heard it, right? Like, they've heard that we're not tough enough. PJ is going to bring that for sure. Um, I like the Melton acquisition, too. I mean, this helps us transition into the fourth topic here, which is which is the bench strength overall, because I, I they were thin last year. Like, when Miami went deeper into their bench, Philly couldn't match it. It feels like this year they can, right? Like, I, I and, and we haven't talked about Embiid much because I think we're kind of taking for granted because, I mean, he, he's a top-five player in the league right now, provided that he stays healthy. And, and he's, he has matured significantly in terms of his attitude and his approach. Um, but their bench, is, is it good enough? Like, I mean, could you throw it out? I mean, because we've seen guys like Gabe Vincent go crazy on, on Philadelphia, others, right? Like, it feels like they were always at a disadvantage. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tobias Harris talked about it after Miami eliminated them in game six. He said, I thought our mentality, we were soft. Like, we just, we get punched in the mouth and we don't respond. Um, our body language is terrible. Danny Green, even. Um, obviously green left game six early with that ACL injury. Joel uh, fell on him, but Danny green at exit interviews the next day, Danny was like, yo, like we need to mature. Like there's so much about this team where we need to mature. We were up three Oh, on Toronto. And just, we, we should have closed that game out. We should have closed that series out quickly. Instead, we had to go back to Toronto for game six. Uh, then even in the series of Miami, we have a two, two series going back to their place and they destroy us in game five. So Danny green even was like, yo, this team needs to mature. Uh, Tobias said it, uh, Joel said it, um, it, it was just, it was obvious. And then, and then obviously I, I think Ethan and Tim, Tim, I'm sure you saw it as well. Joel after game six was like, yo, we don't have a PJ Tucker, <laughs> you know, like we, we don't have a PJ Tucker. So, um, I feel like, I feel like that's a, that, that this is a huge deal, but I'm not necessarily sure if the Sixers are, I mean, the Sixers are better. Like there's no doubt about it. What I'm saying is when the playoffs roll around, I'm not sure if there are, if there's enough here to get past, say, the Celtics or the Bucks, or I mean, I I know I know they're a, a freaking mess, but I mean, if the Brooklyn Nets get that together, then all of a sudden, I mean, Brooklyn is a, 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 too many question marks. But if they were to get it together, the Nets are the most talented team in the East, and then even the Heat. Like I know a lot of people are kind of like, oh, the Heat lost Tucker, they're done. But like, no, I mean, I mean, you, you always got to kind of include the Heat in there because Pat Riley always seems to come up with something. You know, so uh, I feel like the Heat are, are going to be right there. And then you, and I think Tim alluded to it earlier. The Hawks have Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Uh, the Cavaliers obviously made the big trade for Donovan Mitchell. Chicago, Chicago is going to be good. So I feel like, again, if you're the Sixers, you have to win probably like this year. And, and if you don't, you maybe have one more shot next year. But the rest of the Eastern Conference, the Heat never tank because the Heat just, they always find a way. So, and then you have Boston and Milwaukee and the other teams I just mentioned. So uh, the, the Sixers, uh, they're going, they're probably going all in on this year, but just, I'm not necessarily, I'm not sure if it's necessarily enough given the, t- the talent, the experience in this Eastern conference. All right. We'll close with Kai here and you can follow Kai Carlin. Is it uh, Kai underscore Carlin? Is that correct on Twitter? Yes. So I get that one right for change. So yeah. follow him on <laughs> KY underscore Carlin on Twitter and his work on Sixers wire. He comes down here for the games as well. I've seen Kai down here. Uh, plenty of times uh, over the years. Um, but let's close here because you hit on it. If they're going all in on this year, then is their coach on the hot seat? Because it felt like it a little bit in the playoffs last year, and it is Philadelphia. I mean, this is not Miami yeah. where Expulsure has a lifetime contract. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, Doc didn't blow a 3-1 lead last year, but he came close. And uh, and then obviously he kind of he, he got out coached against Miami. I don't I don't think there's any question about it. He was out coached in that series. He was out man, but he was he was mostly out coached. So, so what happens here is this is, I mean, is Daryl going to go away from him? If, if, uh, 
if they get knocked out in the in the in the second round again this year? I mean, I think it has to be at the forefront of Daryl Morey's thought process, right? I mean, I think I think it was around the I think around the the All Star break when Mike D'Antoni rumors kind of popped up a little bit. Remember, um, I think Mark Stein reported something about the Sixers or could be looking at D'Antoni if they fire Morey, and obviously D'Antoni has a ton of Sixers connections because of his time with the Houston Rockets. I'm telling you, it seems like this guy is trying to make um, Philadelphia become Rockets East. You, you know, like if they go after D'Antoni, it's insane. But um, I feel like, yeah, Ethan and, and Tim, I mean, you can give me your opinion on this as well. But if, if the Sixers do not get out of round two, which I think at the moment, I think I have the Sixers getting just losing again in round two, then I think Doc is out. And I think they're, that they're going to look at a Mike D'Antoni or, or somebody like that because they have put so much into building around Joel and B they brought in James Harden they they brought in good pieces this offseason you just alluded to it Tim I thought the Sixers had one of the best offseasons in the league they just they they address so many issues but if they lose round two again yeah I I can't I it's tough to see Doc back here again next year so I, I like to follow the Nardos, right? And I, so if if and when Papa dies Antonio will be the oldest coach coach in the league so I get to see it Doc is ousted. The return of Mr. Seven Seconds of the Last, not only being the oldest coach in the league. Right. They've been trying to get Eric Gordon all summer, but he's now, shout out to my Bahamian brother, he's now a free agent next summer. So they, get, they bring in Eric Gordon <laughs> in the mid level. Doc, Doc makes it past the draft. Tony comes in as the, 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 the white knight, you know, his, his, his glowing silver hair. And Maury and Harden and House, well, they will try to rekindle this last bit of Rockets magic. But they didn't win anything. That's right. The but they were like, so they, close. They were so close. So I don't know more. Well, they don't have Chris Paul to get hurt again. But like they, they didn't win anything. I mean, I, look, I, I appreciate some of what he's done there. My, my problem is always that when you build a team around James Harden, it's a house of cards. That's my thing. But they're not building it around James Harden now. They're building it around Joel Embiid, and and I think to to me, the, the it's the transition from Harden to Maxi. That is really the key there. I, I think their bench has gotten much better. I don't think we can mock their bench anymore. I think their toughness has gotten better. We can't, as people who follow the Heat or people who follow us who are Heat fans, we can't make a big deal about the Heat stealing P.J. Tucker from Milwaukee and then say it's no big deal that Philadelphia, another rival in the conference, stole him from Miami. Okay, so it is significant. I don't know if they're going to be able to get 80 games out of P.J. Um, I don't know if Doc will – uh, relent the way that Eric relented when PJ wants to play every day, but they'll get enough in the playoffs that it's significant. So I'll just leave you here. And I think we all go around here uh, and say where we think they finish. Um, Kai, if I just say you right now, no major moves before training camp. Obviously we don't know what's going to happen at the trade deadline. I believe that the heat are going to get a power forward at some point, even if it's closer to the trade deadline. So these teams will look a little bit different. Philadelphia obviously could look different too. Uh, but if I was to say to you right now, um, process this guy where uh where do, where do they finish in these where would you put them probably fourth i mean i uh i still think boston milwaukee definitely are the top two teams and i mean call, you can call me what you want i'm still kind of a brooklyn guy like god forbid they they get it together up there uh i think brooklyn's better than philadelphia as well i think brooklyn would be the best team in the east if they get it together but obviously they haven't been able to um but i, I would probably say boston milwaukee Brooklyn, Philadelphia, and then probably five, six would either be Cleveland or Miami. And then seven and eight, you know, you could throw Atlanta, Chicago, 
um, and you know wh- whoever else you you really want. Toronto probably. Those, those are our teams we're previewing. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toronto, yeah, Toronto would would, would would be in the mix as well. Interesting, you bring up PJ Tucker. I just want to say this real quick. It's kind of he, he he's he's going to be thirty eight this year, right? Just I don't know, like like he's going to be a big help, but I I, I do wonder how, how much, much he has left. He, he was terrific for the Heat, but I don't think the Heat expected him to play as well as he did. I don't think they expected him to play as much as he did. I, yeah, I, I think true. they, I think they thought they would get that, and Eric thought he could unlock things with him. I, what I'm curious about with PJ is Eric Spolster unlocks stuff for a 37 year old, like things that he'd never done before, running offense through him, doing some of the stuff that Bam does, not just standing in the corner all the time. I am curious to see if Doc builds on that, or we go back to seeing what PJ was before, because I don't find Doc to be particularly creative in those ways. Yeah, um, he has he has stolen some stuff from Eric before. That has worked, but I, I'm curious to see because that was that was a wrinkle we didn't expect from Spolster last year. That was very effective for Miami. Um, but I can tell you the Heat again, they wanted him back. There's no there's I mean it's no sour grapes here. They wanted him back. But also in talking to people around the Heat, the way they've kind of rationalized this is there was only so good they could be offensively with him on the floor. So I'm curious about that too. You know, if if this limits Philadelphia in any way, because you're pretty damn good offensively when you're putting Tobias Harris at the four. You're you're a little bit different when you're 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 playing PJ at the four. So we'll see how that fits. All right, want to thank Timothy for joining us. Catch Bahama Rican boys. Uh, it's going to be coming back here in the fall. Catch Kai's work at Kai underscore Carlin. We'll be back with uh, Boston previews, Brooklyn previews. I think we're going to preview every team but the Knicks. Just for that's fun. smart. That's yeah. smart. I think so. I think that's what we're going to do. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.